Welcome to College and Career Reimagined, a podcast created by the Center for Equity and Post-Secondary Attainment. This podcast is designed to provide listeners with cutting-edge research and best practices, including tips and tools needed to implement equity-based career development and post-secondary readiness for students in the K-16 educational system. Your hosts are Dr. Laura Owen, founder and co-director, along with Dr. Camillo, director of the center. Welcome to today's episode. We're so excited uh, to be joined by Renisa Stanfield and Syria Flores, who are graduate students at San Diego State University. And we'd love to give you both just a second to introduce yourself um, to our audience. Thank you for having me. My name is Renisa Stanfield. I'm a second year graduate student in the school counseling program, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Siria Flores, and I'm at Hoover High, so I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you both for joining. It's just been a, a delight to work with you both this year, so we get to work with you through the capacity of the center and with our Avenues for Success program and through work at San Diego State University. Would love to have you share maybe a little bit with our audience, like what has your journey been like to get to this point and, and what motivated you that you wanted to become school counselor? Oh, that's a good question. I started my undergraduate experience at Cal State Northridge. And when I got in there, I was unable to get classes that I needed because they're all filled. The school was at, um, I forgot what they called it, like some type of capacity the major was impacted, yeah, psychology, mm-hmm. and I was unable to get the classes. So I ended up meeting with my professor, and she told me about this program that they basically help students get the classes that they need. Mm-hmm. And from that, I was like, okay, um, I want to be a mentor for this program. So I had the opportunity to do that, and I kind of got my footing mm-hmm. together for like school counseling. I was able to yeah. counsel the students on like how to. We don't have classes where they teach us that. So I was like, okay, I like this. And I was already in the psychology major. I wanted to be a clinical psychologist, but then I'm like, what can I do to help students like me who don't know this stuff? And I came across this program and I'm here now. Wonderful. Well, we're glad you're part of part of this program. Thank you for sharing that, Renisa. I uh, can also relate to that in my journey as well. So I, and just growing up like as a first generation student, you know, you just kind of have to navigate everything like on my on your own. It was more like my older sister was the first one that was going to go to college. And so just kind of following her steps. But she went to community college and I was going straight to four years. So I was also leading my own path because I didn't know anybody else, you know, around me that knew how to do that. So my school counselor at Mission Hills High School, I went to Mission Hills in San Marcos. So my school counselor, Mrs. Baker, she's the one that helped me a lot. And it's so interesting because then when I was looking into being a school counselor myself, like after um, when I was looking for graduate programs, I realized that Mrs. Baker was one like a school counselor of the year here in San Diego. Yep. Um, so it was just great to like have that all together. Like, it was kind of like a full circle moment because she was my school counselor. It was the year that I was applying for this program. And she's also an alumni from San Diego from this program as well. So it was like a full circle for me. I just felt really good about applying for, for this program. At the time, I did graduate. Um, my undergrad is in business. So it's not really an education. And so my journey has been a little bit different in that sense that I majored in business. I graduated. I had an internship 
afterwards I got a corporate America type of job and I did not like it. I was like, I'm not happy here. This is not what I want to do. So afterwards I did get a job at Cal State LA because that's where I went to go do my undergrad. And I was just, I realized I was happy in education. I was like, this is like where I'm happiest, like working with students, especially working with students that are like me, like first generation. And also that just don't, you know, like they don't know where to go, where to start. So I have a passion for that. Like I know what it's like to be there. So kind of like what Renisa was saying. Um, and I just wanted to give back in that way. Cause I was like, I know what it's like to be there. So let me go help other people. And then one program that I can think of in high school was Gear Up. I was in Gear Up all four years. And because of them, I was able to start applying for colleges. So I just really think like those programs, those mentoring programs are very, very critical. And I think that that's why my heart is really in it because I went through it. So yeah, I think like something weaving through all three of our personal journey is being a first gen student and recognizing that you don't know what you don't know and that you can be working really striving to be doing all of the things that you think you need to do to plan for your future and miss details that other people might not miss you know and it's not due to any you know purposeful neglecting of something it's that the path to get there is complicated and aspect of it that's really what changed your journey was the relational pieces and so has there been anything in your program as you've been going into the schools and working, you know, in internships that you feel like has either sort of fulfilled what you thought it would be to be a school counselor? Or have there been things that have really surprised you about the field and preparing to go be in education? When I first, I guess my first day as an intern in an elementary school, I had no idea what was going to happen. I figured like students would just be like crying all day, probably because of like COVID, they were scared to come to school or something, but it wasn't like that. The school I was at, the kids like really were happy to see me. They were like, oh, you weren't here yesterday. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm only here on Tuesdays. They're like, oh yeah, I forgot. And then like, if I wasn't there for a reason, if I had to go on another day, they're like, it was Tuesday and you weren't here. Like what's going mm. on? They, they really miss you and they like to build that relationship with you. And they go through a lot of things and I like coming from my background, I feel like I kind of related to them more. I remember there was one student, she, she said that her uncle had recently went to jail and she was trying to navigate like, what's jail? Can I call him? When is he coming home? And I was talking to my site supervisor about it. She kind of like frowned up and was like, oh, jail ill, like what did he do? And I'm like, well... It's not really about what he did, it's the he's gone, so that's impacting the student. I'm worried about the student. What can we do to, to help her? And I was like, did you know you can send them a letter? You can kind of write down what your feelings and then ask your parents or family to send the letter off to him. She was like, no, I didn't know that. And she wrote the letter and then I guess her parents let her send it. And she's like, you wrote me back. And you know, like it, it became like a happy experience instead of it being something like dim and scary for her. So I appreciate that from like the elementary level. In the high school level, like a lot of students don't know what they want to do. Right now, it's like, do I want to go to college or not? I, I really don't need one. I could be a TikTok star and make all this money. But I'm like, okay, if you want to be a TikTok star, what happens when TikTok isn't around anymore? What are you, what are you going to do for money? So giving that like um, actual life experience of you, you don't need a college degree, but you kind of do. It depends on what you want to do. At least have like a backup plan everything's not always plan A. So when I give it to them like that, they kind of understand it. Mm -hmm. And I like that, like you said, like that relationship building with the students and they feel like they could talk to me 
in a specific way. They don't have to use these big words for, for me to understand them. You know, they can talk to me however they feel. I like that part of it. And lucky for the students that they, they get to work with you and that you see things and recognize things that maybe others would, you know, sort of gloss by, or you see, you know, a really inappropriate comment that's made that you're actually redirecting and helping other educators to recognize, like, that's that's really not appropriate what you're, you know, what you're thinking. And you did it in such a constructive, positive way that I think was, was probably a really meaningful lesson for the educator, you know. <laughs> Um, to hear to hear as well kind of going off of what Renisa said something that stood out to me was this the students coming back from COVID so that's one thing that when I came into this program like at my like at my practicum site it was just dealing with like the after effects I think I wasn't expecting that for like school count the school counseling role you know I was <laughs> I was like oh we're gonna go in there we're gonna talk about your grades and you know like how's your you know how are you doing with the friendships or you know like ask like all those questions but it wasn't about that. It was mostly like dealing with more like risk assessments, especially like I was at a middle school. A lot of the, a lot of them was, you know, like coming from COVID and like they have a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of like feelings or suicide ideations coming up. And I think that was the hardest for me. Like I was not expecting that to happen like right away. So, and like, so like, and not only right away, but just happening like continuously throughout the year. Yeah. Like, I was like, whoa, like, this is insane. Like, you can, I think it was very, like, real life, like, just coming at me. And it's like, this is what a school counselor is dealing with right now with the after effects of COVID. So just the risk assessment is what hit me the most. As you're, as you're both talking about this, really thinking about, like, in the area of college and career preparation and thinking about pathways that students choose, it's not just about making a decision about applying for college or a decision to complete your financial aid application. Like there's so much more about your own personal life and journey that impacts all of those choices that you're going to make, which really means that the role in the work of a school counselor is, is wide and deep. I'm wondering, as you have been in schools now and in your field work, what is it like to try to balance all of the needs and of students and like bring in the college and career piece? At my school, uh, we have a lot of support. There's the school counselors and then we have a wellness center with the schools like um, school social workers. We also have school psychologists there. We also have some therapists that come on campus. So we are able to actually focus more on college and career. And I think it's cool that we're able to go into like um, some of the classrooms and do presentations. We are able to pull students from their um, extracurricular to do like the FAFSA workshop or just like kind of check-ins, academic interventions for students who have like maybe Ds or Fs. Okay, what's going on? Maybe it's not just school. Are you feeling okay? You know, like I'm, I guess like going back to that relational piece, I, I call it people skills, using your people skills, kind of getting to know people because sometimes mm -hmm. things can get a little bit robotic. We, we just mm -hmm. go to work, Hi, bye, drink our coffee and go on about the day, but we're actually all going through something. So like, don't forget to take that time and talk to the student. Like, are you doing okay, really? Kind of like stop and talk to them about like walking fast, passing in the hallway, like, hey, are you okay? And, like just going and forgetting what they said, like actually taking that time to talk to them. It's like super important to me. And I love how you, you talk about really the fact that it's not school counselors have to do all of this. Mm -hmm. And so even thinking about like, who are you collaborating with? Who, who's the village, 
right? right? Who all are your partners within a school that you're working with and recognizing like students have multiple needs and multiple, hopefully touch points that, you know, they're building relationships and that they're learning from. And, and sometimes I think school counselors take on the weight of the world and yeah. think they need to be able to do all of it. So I really like how you talked about the others in the school who are providing some of that work, which isn't always the case, but you recognize like I can already tell brand new in my profession that this is something that is different in this school and it does allow me you know the opportunity to go in to the classroom and to do more work with students on post-secondary planning which i do think is something we hear constantly in our field and that's all around you know role definition and who gets to decide who does what and what kinds of duties get assigned and what keeps you from some of this work so it's really nice to hear that you've been in a setting that recognizes work that others can do that's all tied in so then you can do some of this college and career work. And I think to answer your question, Dr. Owen, about like balancing the work of school counselors, I think it is very, it's really hard to do like a one person job and trying to do, try to, try to focus on the academic, social, emotional, and college and career for each student in that, in like your school campus can be hard for one person to do. So like you said, it's very important to have like that support and that team around you. For my site, I know that where I'm at, it is a smaller school. There's only around 800 total of students enrolled. So each grade level is around like 200-ish around there. It's a little bit easier for us in the way of like being able to connect with students. What what we do is, what like what internship site is more like going into also classroom presentations, doing UC and CSU applications and going through the whole process. But it's so important to have the teachers build relationship with teachers so that you're allowed to go into their classrooms and they're more open to like, yeah, come in, you know, like, go ahead, take this class time so you can teach the, the students um, about the application. Like, that's been extremely helpful, something that I've learned through my internship site, that it's so helpful to have, like, the teachers on your side. You know, like, being able to build relationships with them so that you could have that connection with them. And at the end, it's just to help out the students. And also thinking of the other team, there's, we have social workers as well, and we have a school psychologist, and the admin team is also very important in how they support the counseling. I feel like on my site, they are very supportive, so I've also seen how that helps it makes our job easier knowing that the admin team like believes in us and like okay you all got this you know there's no like micromanaging or anything it's like they know that we know what we're doing and they trust us in it and whenever we need their help they can come in and they're also willing to work with us so that's also been super helpful in balancing all of that yeah so it's like very important to build those connections with everybody in your team everybody in this in the campus, even the librarian, you know, like being able to work with her too. I know we've had, um, we have a, a girls group and being able to build connections with them um, and for her, for her to hold space for us there, you know? So just like in so many different areas, but I think I've just seen how important it is to just build connections in order to balance all of that and help. Yeah. I, I mean, I love how we keep coming back and you both keep talking about the relational part and how that's even a skill set in working with adults within the building and, and thinking about like, how do you build that right relationship so that you can go into the classroom and you can be working uh, with students. It's so important that that is something that if you are going to be in a setting with educators and having them have the buy-in to the work that you're doing okay. so that they see the value, you yeah. know, when you're, when you're coming into the classroom. 
I know, you know, because I was able to teach in the college and career um, readiness class with you, and then you both took, you know, um, positions as grad assistants with our Avenues for Success program. A lot of our listeners, I think, could really benefit from hearing what value you feel like that's brought to you in your preparation, both from maybe some of the things you were able to do in kind of our lab style with our course that then led into like this work that you've been doing. You're both doing very distinct and separate work. Maybe if we could just take a few minutes and you could share a little bit about what that's been like for you and maybe what you get to do in your role. So for me, I'm working with ninth graders. I'm advising them on just college and career kind of pathways. Um, Recently, we've done some um, mock interviews where the students practice their elevator pitch and um, they would practice on like their strengths and weaknesses and why should you have this job and little things like that and they did so good they got dressed up and i feel like that opportunity was good for them and me because i sometimes i forget what it was like to be a high schooler and that like building those skills early are really important and i don't have that opportunity at my fieldwork site so to have that here with avenues for success is great and then also going through like um the themes with what the rise said from Dr. Hall and like showing them like, hey, you might be like a conventional person and this is what conventional is and showing them the different things and having them kind of reflect on that instead of just like giving them a tool and then they don't know what to do with it. Now they're like, oh, well, since I am conventional, maybe I could work in this type of field and oh yeah, I do like this. And oh, so Avenues for Success provides field trips with this as well. I can go and see what this looks like in real life and I can talk to people in this field kind of gives them like that more insight and I I like that the program provides that for them and then it's helping me too so when I do become a school counselor I know things that I should bring into the program. Thank you for sharing Vanessa. One thing that came to my mind was definitely uh, during your class when we had to go to Hoover to help out the students with their FAFSA application. I think it was extremely helpful and to get ex- more experience on that because when it comes to FAFSA, like everybody has a very different situation. So it's just like learning as I go with all the different you know situations for each student. But that was very helpful because it also connected with my help at my internship and being able to transfer that into helping students at my internship. And we had kind of like a family night one where we invited like students to come with their parents um, and especially the students, their non-English speaking students to come with their parents so that we were able to help the parents also fill that out. It was a great experience because I was getting it both at my practicum, I mean, at my internship and then also like in class. So that definitely prepared me. And then uh, taking all those uh, and can videos. Oh, that was like so (laughs) helpful too, because that that was like the first step of like giving me an overall of like how to help students and then being able to do the hands-on experience in class and then being able to apply that into my internship. And then now I feel way more confident in like FAFSA applications and just, and that now translates into also working at um, the persistence program. So sometimes students, like when I work with them, I work with alumni from Hoover High. So they're already in, they're already in college, but some of them, we sent out like a, a message letting them know that they need to reapply for it. So some of them were like, oh, I forgot, like I need help, you know? So now I'm like, oh, I got you, you know, like <laughs> I know how to do this. Right. So that also helped me in like my work in, in the persistence program as well. So it was just really nice to be able to see all that come to, together, like in a circle and how it just worked out, like in all areas of um, 
my internship, school, job. So what's so fun is to see like as you're both talking, like your passion comes out. And it just I wish all of our listeners could see like the smile on your face, just like the energy that came into the room, you know, as yeah. you were talking about this, because you bring that into your interactions, you know, with your students. And I think that's what we we're, we're talking about when you get to do passion work and um, just how fortunate, you know, the students are that they're going to that they are working with you. And one of the things I was wondering as I was listening to both of you, we may have a lot of listeners who tuned into this just because they heard that, you know, we've got graduate students in the school counseling um, field who are joining us for this podcast. What would you say to someone who might be thinking about going into this field? Like, I would say, don't forget to be a student. Cause I know we all have past experiences where we have like a job or something where it was a different type of role, but now you're coming into this fresh role and you have to learn the language, the, the acronyms that are being used. Again, with that building relationships with people, um, you learn your community. So I would say, don't forget to be a learner Just and don't be so hard on yourself because it's a new experience. So take your time and give yourself grace. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, because it is definitely a learning experience. I think for me is my answer would be if it's you really have the heart for it, you know, then you I say 100% come in. Uh, if you like the passion, I feel like when you have when you know that you have that passion, sometimes it's going to get hard. Sometimes you're going to get triggered a lot. That's one thing that I was like, whoa, I thought I came in already like, oh, you know, I was in a self-healing journey, you know, doing my own inner work. And then I came into this program and I'm like, whoa, like I got hit with way more things that I still need to work on for myself. So just keeping, being more, being self-aware and just knowing that when you come into this program, there's going to be some things that might come up for you. Um, but like Renisa said, like giving yourself grace and then just remembering what your passion and your why, why you came into that program or you, you're coming into this program too. I love what you both said. I, I feel like one thing that I often say when someone will reach out and they might be interested in going into school counseling, or maybe they want to talk to me about different kinds of PhD, you know, options is always thinking about when you go into a counseling program, unlike going into an engineering program or maybe a math program or biology program, you actually are going through a counseling program where you were you were exploring, learning, unpacking things about yourself while you're preparing um, to go and work. And that's very different mm -hmm. and brings its own level of intensity, yep. right, in the work that you're doing. So I really appreciate that you brought that up because I think it is an important um, piece of preparing yourself and thinking about what your journey is going to be like because you're processing a lot about your own personal development and growth. You're challenging concepts and perceptions and mindsets and mm -hmm. all all kinds of things, you know, about yourself. You're learning from each other. And so it, it is a different, a little bit of a different um, experience that I, I think brings sometimes a heaviness with it. And, and at the same time, you, you keep going because these are your classes and you're, yeah. you know, you're getting through it. So I'm curious, you're both about to graduate. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And, and um, for our listeners who want to steal them, you could contact us after and we'll tell you how to get a hold of them. They would be phenomenal new <laughs> hires for your school. What are you looking forward to the most 
as you're uh, about to graduate and embark on your profession. I am looking forward to being hooded um, by my best friend. Um, he's the one that got me into working, wanting to work in education because he's been a football coach for many years. And he's like, you know, as a coach, I'm not only a coach, I'm their mentor, you know, I'm their friend whenever they need to talk to me. And when I told him about my experience at CSUN, and he's like, why don't you go into education? So I'm looking forward to that. A little small piece, but it's a big piece. That's beautiful. And then um, actually just getting a job and experiencing the day, the day to day, you know, with, with my new, um, I was going to say classmates, I'm so used to school. <laughs> <laughs> um, with my new coworkers and just having that, I guess, I guess tonight my word is relationship, just having that relationship with them and being able to share space with them and stuff. Yeah. It was absolutely beautiful what you just said, and it reminds me, Dr. Camillo and I constantly talk about how the work in college and career readiness space really needs to move from this transactional space to a transformative space that is about the relationships. And I can't think of anything more powerful than what you just said about like what a beautiful, like the image and the memory now I will have watching you be hooded is just beautiful. And I appreciate because I think this has just been, it, it keeps coming back as a thread through this entire, you know, interview and podcast with you, with both of you. And, and Dr. Camillo and I both feel it very deeply in that somehow the work around college and career readiness has become so transactional that it's just a list of things you have to do, right? It, like in your post-secondary journey. But everything you were speaking about is not that. It is the relational pieces and the impact that they've had. So I um, thank you for sharing that. As you're preparing um, to graduate, what are you what are you looking forward to professionally? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for sharing, Renisa. One thing that came like instantly to my mind was my afternoons. Like now that I'm not gonna have classes in the afternoon, I'm just looking forward to be able to watch the sunset, go out for a walk, walk my dog, like feel the sun, you know? Um, I feel like I haven't been able to do that because even when I don't have classes, like I'm inside because I'm studying or I'm working or it's just always like in my car because I'm driving, you know, like I don't get to have like um, just like enjoy the sunset. I just love that. That's like part of my self-care um, is just being out in nature and stuff. So I think um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. So something else I'm also looking forward to um, for life after graduation is just having more time to do things that bring me joy. My hobbies and um, just getting more in touch with stuff that I've been wanting to do for a while, but haven't been able to because it's been hard being a student. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I love how you you normalize the education experience, right? Like you normalize what it means to be a graduate student that's trying to balance all of these things. Well, what happens? You, you put on the side burner often the taking care of yourself that you know you were talking about Renisa which I'm sure also is you're witnessing what's happening in the schools and seeing educators who are, who are burnt out because they're taking care of everyone else um, but themselves but definitely I think when you're in a graduate program or an undergraduate program it's a lot of juggling and balance to figure out like what things can I keep in my life and what things do I kind of have to not do as much or I have to be, you know, sort of a give and take. And I think for a podcast where we're talking about college and career reimagined, like, okay, let's be realistic too. And, 
you know, this is this is what it was like. So it's really exciting to hear the things that you're looking forward to um, the most. And so I appreciate you sharing, being here with us today and uh, sharing about your journey and what you have learned and, and what you're looking forward to. Uh, that's really exciting. We end every one of our podcasts with a similar question. And so we'd like to ask you to share one tip or piece of advice that you would like to share with today's adults who are preparing students for life after high school. That's a good question. So for the adults, I would say that self-care is, is a necessity. It's not optional. Like for myself, I take it some time in the morning to make some tea and that's kind of a way I get myself ready for today. Some self-care could look different for someone else, maybe like taking a walk after work because we know um, being a school counselor is not all about butterflies and glitters. It's sometimes, not sometimes, it is hard work. Um, so just taking that time to take some self-care time for yourself. And then for the adults helping the students, I would say just being um, an active listener and kind of not jumping to conclusions on things that you kind of seen before, just everyone's life looks different. So listening and then asking clarifying questions about things that you've heard would be great. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Renee. So that is really important. To add on to that, my piece of advice would be just keep an open mind and um, not box students into categories that the adult thinks would be best for them, but more like Renee said, hearing them out and letting them decide where they want to go and then you being just a support in that. But yeah, definitely being self-aware of your, of your own projections so that you're not boxing students into something that you think is best for them, letting them decide that. This has been College and Career Reimagined with Dr. Owen and Dr. Camillo from the Center for Equity and Post-Secondary Attainment. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to having you join us on the next episode. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, subscribe, or leave us a review. It means a lot. We're on Facebook and Instagram at SDSU SEPA. You can also contact us at SEPA at SDSU.edu. That's C-E-P-A at SDSU.edu. Till next time.